Hey everyone, this is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. It is February 28th, Tuesday, yesterday, day one of the CUNA GAC event. NCUA Board Chairman Todd Harper had his opportunity to speak to the attendees. Thinking back to my time at NCUA, I always enjoyed the meet and greet that NCUA held where I could meet CEOs and the CEOs and board members could meet the NCUA board members. But I also looked forward to what the NCUA board members had to say at the beginning of the year before the biggest crowd that they generally would speak to each year. And I would often learn things at different times of my career, depending on how in the know I was, to what might be said at those uh at these events. And I think my point being that Chairman Harper tipped his hand a little bit on consumer compliance. Not that I'm surprised at all because he's very passionate about consumer compliance. But I like to, if I'm not there listening, I like to go to their speeches, which is published and I will have in the notes of this podcast. But I wanted to point out some things that he said, and in particular, as it relates to consumer financial protection. But first, a quick summary of the topics that he did talk about. Todd spoke to the state of the credit union system, and he he also spoke to the fact that he's not calling anything that's going on problems right now. He's calling them issues. And he says that I call them issues, not problems, because while they pose challenges for the credit union system, they can also open the door to innovation and opportunity. So that's a, a an interesting spin on the difference between problems and issues. He speaks about the state of the credit union system and said that in terms of overall performance, federally insured credit unions remained on a solid footing last year. Total loans, assets, and insured shares all increased. Capital levels also remain strong. Economic activity, however, has begun to cool. Insured share growth has slowed as some consumers have drawn down in their built-up savings. Households are also taking on more debt. And in the event of an economic slowdown, these factors could hinder borrowers' abilities to repay outstanding debt, exposing credit unions to a greater level of credit risk. That's why we must all take actions to prepare for a downturn. So NCUA, you know, as, as an insurance agency, always has to sound that alarm that you need to be careful about what could happen in all of those arenas that the chairman cited. He also talked about interest rate risk again. And by the way, um, if you haven't noticed, starting off with interest rate risk is because NCUA's priority letter starts out with interest rate risk. And so Todd has it here as his first item. And he says that in recognition of the rapidly changing rate environment, NCUA has updated its guidance for examiners on how to work with credit unions exposed to market risk. These changes to the supervisory framework for interest rate risk increase clarity and flexibility for both examiners and credit unions. That's an example of all of us working together to strengthen the system. And I 100% agree with that. They changed their testing to eliminate the extreme test, which required a document of resolution and made it a little more simple for examiners to use their judgment, which is a positive things for credit unions, generally speaking. So the other thing they did, however, with that guidance is they added more exam steps. And that is something that's not really talked about much anywhere. But if you listen to the full webinar that NCUA did on that topic, published those there. And I don't believe they've published them anywhere else, but there are more exam steps on 
interest rate risk than there had been before. So while they giveth, they taketh away a little bit. Todd also spoke about liquidity risk in the central liquidity facility and highlights the fact that NCUA had authority for the CLF that sunset that was tied to the pandemic that sunset at the end of December. And that he believes there should be a more robust central liquidity facility, Federal Credit Union Act, allowing broader support liquidity-wise for smaller credit unions. I tend to agree with that. I'm not sure how likely it is that NCUA will get this done anytime soon, but it's always good to point out that you need it so that if a crisis does hit, that you can say, see, we told you we needed more liquidity here for credit unions under the CLF, and we'll see what happens there. Cybersecurity risk, he highlights that that's what keeps people awake at night. Uh, They also spoke to the fact that they changed their information security exam procedures These new supervisory initiative is tailored to your credit union size and complexity to help you prepare for withstand and recover from cybersecurity threats. However, you don't find out what that is until the exam comes in as as opposed to under the ARIES exam system where there were a lot of checklists that were easily and more readily available to credit unions until you have that first exam. You don't really know how this is going to go or what the questions are. So NCUA, not that this is their intent, but as my subject matter experts have pointed out, NCUA can play a little gotcha if they don't provide it on the front end transparency wise. So uh, a little disappointed that these new checklists and things that they're doing on cybersecurity are not readily available. They will come to light when they start asking questions during your exam. Chairman Harper also went into the, the importance of vendor authority from NCUA's perspective. And again, similarly to asking for the CLF, you need to ask for vendor authority because if they don't ask and something goes wrong, uh, they're not well positioned to say, hey, well, we asked, but Congress wouldn't give it. Now, the trade associations... CUNA, NAFQ have been unified against NCUA getting this authority. And I think the key paragraph here from Todd's speech is as follows. It says to those who believe the NCUA already receives third-party vendor information from the banking regulators, this is false because our lack of vendor authority prevents the sharing of such information. To those who contend that NCUA examiners lack the necessary experience to supervise vendors. This is also false because many vendors perform essentially the same services at credit unions that the NCUA already examines for. And to those who claim vendor authority is simply an excuse for the agency to increase its budget, this is also false because a risk-focused review of vendors would not necessitate the hiring of, of scores of additional exam staff. So those three points that they point to are actually tied Pretty directly, I believe, to Dan Berger of NAFQ, who is a strong play against vendor authority for NCUA. By the way, I had a, a great interview of Dan on a past podcast. I will share a link in the show notes relative to that. Dan is as passionate as Todd is about NCUA getting vendor authority. Dan Berger is equally as passionate having credit unions not have that burden. Those three areas, I think the one I would disagree with Chairman Harper on the most is the ones that saying it's false that a risk-focused review of vendors would not necessitate the hiring of scores of additional exam staff. I guess it comes down to scores, but NCUA examiners, uh, quite frankly, don't have enough time to do the exams that they are asked to do right now. So adding additional exam steps when they are understaffed and a little overworked, in my opinion, already isn't doing due diligence to getting that, that authority. So if you get the authority to me, you need to add exam staff. I guess the key operative word is what does scores mean? How many do you need to get if you're going to do it? Well, if you're going to do it right, I think they'd have to add 
enough that it would increase the NCUA budget. And you have to do a cost-benefit analysis of whether or not um, that would be appropriate and prudent. But it, Chairman Harper does want vendor authority, and so we will continue to ask even if they never get it. And it's possible at some point in time that Congress might get it. I would say that once Todd gets a second vote, he's going to have a, a stronger Democratic influence within NCUA. But I also think he is pretty well connected. And if there is anyone who's been on the NCUA board who could get this done um, in recent years, that Todd has as good a chance as any. All right. And then there's a discussion on financial technology. While today's interconnected financial systems makes us vulnerable to potential risks, the technology that links us to one another also presents opportunities. That's because the financial technology credit unions can offer consumers greater convenience and speedier decisions about credit. New and innovative financial products and services can also lead to a greater efficiency, inclusivity, and financial security, but they also carry risks like insufficient oversight by regulators, made even more precarious by the NCUA's lack of third-party vendor authority and the prioritization of rapid product development and a rollout at the expense of consumer protection, fairness, and quality controls. To make fintech work for everyone, products and services should be safe, fair, and affordable. Regulators should have the ability to enforce compliance and laws and regulations, and consumers should understand their rights and protections. So it's a it's a clever link to financial technology and the need for third-party vendor authority. And I think that's a, a pretty compelling argument in a vacuum. All right. So the one, my biggest takeaway on new news, well, maybe not new news, my biggest takeaway on potential longer-term impacts in credit unions and at NCUA is something that the chairman said on consumer financial protection. So what Chairman Harper said is as follows. Now, I know that many of you have heard me say this before, but I'm going to keep saying it because it is part of my core beliefs. All consumers, regardless of their financial services provider of choice, should receive the same level of consumer financial protection. Yet, unlike the federal banking agencies, the NCUA does not conduct separate consumer compliance exams, nor does the agency assign a separate consumer financial protection rating. Emphasis here now, pausing for dramatic effect, it doesn't seem fair that credit union members have less protection than bank customers. Let me repeat that. It doesn't seem fair that credit union members have less protection than bank customers. Continuing on, during my four years on the NCUA board, the agency has made some strides like increasing its fair lending exams and reviews. And it's why we are now creating consumer compliance specialist positions in the field and starting the process to build out an enhanced consumer compliance exam program. I'll repeat that. Starting the process to build out an enhanced consumer compliance exam program. And as part of its supervisory priorities this year, the NCUAs continues to focus on overdraft programs and will dive more deeply into certain features to that end, NCUA examiners will review website advertising related to overdraft programs, balance calculation methods, and settlement processes. And examiners at federal credit unions with more than $500 million in assets will dig into authorized positive, settle negative transactions, as well as some other problematic fees. Our supervisory efforts here are aimed at creating a more equitable financial system that enables financial security for credit union members, especially 
those of modest means. So the act speaks to the, the fact that credit unions are to serve members of modest means. However, the language that I repeated a couple of times, it does not seem fair that credit union members have less protection than bank customers. And NCUA is starting the process to build out an enhanced consumer compliance exam program. Are they saying, is Todd saying they're going to have separate exams and that, that his long-term goal is to have separate consumer compliance exams? Is he saying that there should be a consumer financial protection rating? I believe if he's around long enough and gets the votes to to achieve that, that it's very likely that ultimately that would be where he would like to go. That's a pretty heavy lift with a huge budget impact. And I'm sure your trade groups would have a lot to say relative to that. But keep this in mind, board member Rodney Hood's term is up in August. Todd does have the political juice, in my opinion, to get that term ended close to that timeline or as quickly as Todd might want. I think he is able to move some things over on Capitol Hill, again, because of of who he's connected to. Now, where that slots and what else is going on in D.C. will really be um, the determiner of how quickly things move there. Now, board members typically stay on average about a year beyond when their term expires. You could see that. You could also see, you know, a president relieving a board member like Rodney Hood, whose term comes up. Or you could see that because Rodney Hood has been cooperating with Todd, that he sticks around as a, a third board member until the point in time that the Biden administration is ready to replace Rodney Hood with a Democrat. But in any event, when Chairman Harper gets that second Democratic vote, it is likely you will see more and more and more of a footprint on consumer financial protection. And that's something I think you should build into your strategic plan. They're coming at, this is the second straight year they've come at overdrafts very hard in their priority letter last year, just evaluating the program this year, pushing even further into the areas that I just previously cited. So my biggest takeaway from his speech is relative to starting to build the process out to build an enhanced consumer compliance exam program. I'm very curious to see where that goes. Todd went on to talk about the importance of minority depository institutions, the community development revolving loan fund, and the increase to $3.5 million, which is great. And he wrapped it up again by talking about how, you know, the industry and credit unions and NCUA can work together and making a commitment to make sure that credit unions serve members long into future generations. So that's it. This is Mark Treichel wrapping up what Chairman Harper had to say at GAC. Board members Hauptman and Hood should speak today. My memory serves February 28th, Tuesday. The other two board members will get their opportunity to speak. And I will watch for what they publish relative to those speeches. And if it warrants a separate standalone podcast, you'll see it here, hear it here later this week. Again, Mark Treichel, thank you for listening and signing off with Flying Colors.